Hello, Radioland, and welcome to the year of our Lord 2022. Those were the dreamy underwater sounds of Ricky and Tom, the Colhoun brothers, welcoming the new year with suitable aplomb. Thank you, boys. Underwater, indeed. You know, this new year I've found myself moving through my days like a man in a bell helmet at the bottom of the sea. Deep sea diver, making my way around the bottom of the ocean, pushing slowly forward against the weight of the water, not really getting anywhere. No traction, half floating. I'm connected to the surface by this long snaking garden hose of a tube. So welcome to our first broadcast from the Soul Food Ghost Light Submarine in a secret location at the bottom of the sea somewhere off the coast of British Columbia. Welcome to the new year. I know you've been here for at least a week or maybe considerably longer depending on when you're tuning in. So you don't need me to welcome you. I'm the one that's late to the party. You should be welcoming me. But still, it's nice to see you guys again. Been too long. I don't know about you, but for this faithful Soul Food Ghostlight radio correspondent, that was one heck of a long December. And it took some recovering from...
Yes, I should. December, and there's reason to believe maybe this year will be better than the last. You know, I think so. Me and the Counting Crows, we are agreed on this. This year will be better than the last. Maybe. A beautiful, yearning, heartbroken song, isn't it? That writing, oh my gosh. The smell of hospitals in winter and the feeling that it's all a lot of oysters but no pearl. Then all at once you look across a crowded room and see the way the light attaches to a girl. Oh my. Yeah, December was long and exhausting after a long and exhausting November, and, and yet, so many pearls. Little five-year-old Rosa asking if we could go to church on Christmas Eve. And so there I am with my beloved wife and my two girls and my two granddaughters. Hundred-year-old church in Merced, white plaster walls and deep brown wainscoting. Rosa slips past the people in our row and makes her way to the front of the balcony. She leans on the railing, watching the people down below, watching the children singing a special song, all the goings-on. I hold busy two-year-old Tony in my arms and wander around the back of the balcony, and then she's asleep, and the lights go down. Silent night begins, and Everybody's candles are lit. We sing softly. Rosa's somber face is lit by that small, steady, sacred flame. And Tony sleeps in heavenly peace. I could hardly breathe. Another pearl. Our last morning in Merced, the sun glorious in the backyard after dark gray Vancouverish skies for most of our visit. I pick a dozen huge navel oranges fresh from the trees in the backyard, and Tony stands on a stool in the white tile kitchen, half singing to herself as she works the thick peels loose from the sweet insides, backlit and luminous orange in the glorious sun pouring through the windows behind her. Break, 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 as she breaks the thick skins, works them loose, then throws another naked glowing orange into the metal bowl. Break. 
I can't remember all the times I tried to tell myself to hold on to these moments as they pass. Oh, it's really good. Yummy. Is that your last orange? Yeah, more. More? Oh. We'll get some more tomorrow. Now we have to make this into juice. Yeah. We have it? Mm-hmm. It's been a long December. I didn't used to think much of the new year. It seemed kind of arbitrary to me. And I paid it little attention, but I don't know. At a certain point, it started to take on more and more significance. And now I like to look back over the year that went before and kind of hold on to some of those moments that have passed. The big event of my last year of 2021 was, of course, that I I quit my day job. On the 25th of January, I worked my last day on the staff of Pacific Theater after 37 years doing that job. You know, about a year before I was ready to quit my day job. Well, I was ready, but about a year before it actually happened. One of my radio heroes called it a day, hung up his spurs, turned in his keys, punched the clock for the last time. Robert Krolwich, one of two hosts for the radio show Radio Lab. Okay, hero is really the wrong word. It was just a quiet, chuckling, curious spirit who often said what I would have said, asked the bumbling questions I wanted to ask, had qualms about what I felt qualmy about. He felt like a pal, a mentor maybe, a just slightly older guy you wanted to hang out with, comfortable. Especially as Radio Lab got more and more earnest and political and current eventsy and opinionated, the spirit of the age, but not his spirit. It was Robert's gentle, soulful lightheartedness that kept me tuned in. But nothing lasts, does it? Oh, wait, you're listening. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. <clears throat> You're listening, listening to Radio Lab. Radio Lab. From WNYC. Yep. Okay. You know what else I was thinking about? What? We're well into the 21st century. I think of myself as a 20th century boy. Mm. Like, I, I, I'm a 19 something something. 19 this, 19 that, yeah, 1956, yeah. 19. So, to be 2020, that's like well into the next one. Oh, you mean well me into feel, the 21st? Yeah, right. Oh, okay. Oh, and you think of yourself as the 20th. Yeah, so I feel a little like deep in a foreign land called the future. Robert, you're a man for all seasons. I, I know, but that, you asked me the question. That's <laughs> hey, Chad Abumrad, this is Radio Lab. So as we said at the beginning of the last episode, here at the end of the month, Robert will be retiring from the show. This is something that he and I have been talking about for a while. It's something we've been talking about with the staff for a while. And for... The last few months, we've been trying to figure out uh, as a team, like, how do we send him off? What's the right way to say goodbye? And we decided, um, let's interview him. 
You know, the way he and I have interviewed thousands of people over these last 17 years working together. So I made a list of questions. We've written them down on your phone. I have. I prepared for this <laughs> conversation as I would any other. I suppose that's very professional of you. <laughs> All these different questions about the places he likes to go. But it was actually the first question I had written down that ended up taking us down some unexpected paths. So let me just ask you, what are the Bobbies? <laughs> the Bobbies is a little bit of a quirk. I uh, decided at some point— Well, your name is Robert. That's right. We sometimes call I you would, Bobby. That I would create a, an award like the Oscars, which I would name after myself, yeah. called the Bobbies. When, did they, when was the first Bobbies? I think it was in the early 70s, and I was thinking of awarding things that I— And, and the rules about the Bobbies were I would have a audience experience. I am the audience— and I would then award the person who created that experience a Bobby. And the difference between me and the Oscars and some of the lesser awards is that I would award the creator of it whenever he or she did the act of creation was not important. It was when I consumed it. I see. So you could have a Bobby in which Judy Garland, you know, for uh, playing uh, a role she played in 1939, would be up against somebody who played uh, a movie that was like two weeks old. So Charles Dickens could get a Bobby. Well, Charles Dickens would always get a Bobby. This caused all kinds of problems because <laughs> there were certain Charles people. Charles Dickens a Bobby. Charles Dickens, as soon as he would walk into the room with the book, like all the other authors would say, well, I don't see why we even have to write books anymore. But I, so, <laughs> so I would, then my wife decided that I had, because I have always had a very, very weak um, memory system, she's decided to give me a Bobby book. Oh. 77 seems to have only winners. It doesn't seem to be any contestants. Lives of a Cell by Lewis Thomas, one book of the year. Still Crazy After All These Years by Paul Simon Run, song of the year. Mm. Friendly Fire from The New Yorker by C.D.B. Bryant, one best magazine article of the year. Um, somebody named Heiglin wrote Climbing Swiss Mountain in The New Yorker, one best short story of the year. And Annie Hall by Woody Allen, one best movie of the year. For Colored Girls Who Considered Suicide When the Rainbow Is Not Enough, won the play of the year. The Ritzy Forte Award was not awarded that year. The Ritzy Forte is the name of the special award for the best cartoon of the year. No winners that year. None. Did so you? that's 1977. And in my mind, of course, there's a red carpet and it's flush and there's, you know, there's a tremendous <laughs> paparazzi. No, wait, can I ask you a question? Yeah. So when you were awarding Bobby's, was it always to esteemed people? Was it to the, no, the no. or could it be to just Joe who makes a really good yeah, falafel? Yeah, it could be to Joe. Verdi's Requiem as sung at Andy Krovich's birthday. Oh, this is my first cousin when he turned 60, rented a chorus and sang the bass part in Verdi's Requiem. <laughs> but there are other things like, like it's, there's some things where I, I give a, like a special tribute for a, like a kind of lifetime achievement award kind of thing oh, really? to various architects and cartoonists and also there's moments <laughs> Bobby moments? moments are moments in my life that year where I had a feeling of just glory or just joy or can you read some of the other yeah Robert? let's see 2000 in Times Square yeah. um <laughs> Redwood Forest that's uh, with my wife, what else is you see there? So you can imagine how that might appeal to yours truly. I've been keeping track of things, favorite movies, favorite songs. We'll tell you a little bit more about that later. For quite a few years now. But uh, this expanded the idea. This, this, this was the real thing. I, 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 I decided it was time to inaugurate the Ronnies. Well, we don't need to go back as far as a full rundown of the 2020 Ronnies, the first official year of the Ronnie Awards. I will tell you that the uh, best YouTube song was The Wait, by playing for change. The best book was a tie between The Dog Stars and Educated. The top two movies were Singing in the Rain and The Way, Way Back. Neither one came out in 2020, in the spirit of the Ronnies. And experiences, well, there were many. Uh, I won't go into all of them. Uh, the victory of the Liverpool football 
football club in the middle of lockdown. Rosa and Penticton eating mini donuts in the van in the rain and listening to My Girl, Give Me Love, Give Me Peace on Earth, Mackenzie Beach, <laughs> making up the Soul Food podcast, board games in the summer. There, there was a lot of a lot of these moments. But tonight, we are all about the year 2021, the year that has just finished. So, the first winner of a Ronnie Award for the year 2021. Oh, there was a woman in the Bible days. She had been sick, sick so very long. She heard that Jesus was passing by, so she joined the gathering throng. While she was pushing, pushing her way through, oh, somebody asked her, hey, what are you trying to do? She said, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, I know I'd be made Vintage, small studio vinyl sound. Tom and the Pickets with their 2021 release, Hem of His Garment. Released as a single on the specialty label, extremely rare. Only two copies are known to have been pressed. Tom Pickett is backed up on that track by John Oxendorf on guitar, Nelson Boschman on piano, Kira Fonzi on background vocals, and producer Rick Colhoun on everything else. A winner not only in the best song category at the Ronnies this year, but also the first of the year's momentous moments, a double Ronnie for that tune. Ah, poor Pacific Theater. You know, the gang really wanted to send me off in fine style, but there was this dang pandemic thing, and they just couldn't find... A way to celebrate, well, uh, commemorate (laughs) my departure. There was a very moving Zoom call the night before my clock ran down, Warren Schmidt style. And there were some beautiful emails. But darn it all, they wanted to throw me a party. And that just wasn't going to happen. And then my buddy Rick dropped by the house with a record a 45 in a plain white sleeve. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is so perfect. A vintage gospel recording on the specialty label, no less. Hem of His Garment, Sam Cooke, 1959, I'm guessing. Tom sang that at Testament a couple years back, except I'm reading the label Run Read Retirement Edition. Credit Tom and the Pickets. Rick, Rick, Rick aided and abetted by all those dear friends. Oh, my. A top ten tune for my 2021. No doubt. As was this little number. 
seems to be lasting but that isn't our affair we've got something permanent I mean in the way we care it's very clear our love is here to stay Not for a year But ever and a day The radio And the telephone And the movies That we know May just be passing fancies and in time may go but oh my dear our love is here to stay together we're Gibraltar may tumble They're only made of clay But Our love is here To stay It's very clear Our love is here to stay Not for a year But ever and a day The radio And the telephone Just be passing fancies And in time may go But oh my dear Our love is here to stay tasteful, understated Bill Charlop on piano. You really need to watch the video so you can see how he listens, how he lays in that piano so precisely, just moves the whole thing forward almost undetectably with the subtlest, surest swing. And to see how much Diana Krall adores her 92-year-old mentor, Mr. Tony Bennett, caring for him, 
tenderly guiding him through the song that's in his bones, it's in his chromosomes, but the mind is a bit blurry, a, a bit vague. But when they sing... There's a pair of videos from those 2018 sessions. You should also check out They Can't Take That Away From Me and watch not only Bill and Diana and Tony, but also Kenny and Peter Washington on bass and drums, the two other veterans of the Bill Charlotte trio. They're not brothers, interestingly enough, though the musical bond goes just that deep. Love is here to stay. Indeed it is. Three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these. 2020, 2020, 2020, 2021, 2021. Okay, when you talk about the year that we're in the, you know, the, like the, you know, the school year, 2020, 2021. Very confusing. 2021, 2022. Two is also confusing too. I'll just edit that out later. No, I won't. Because there's no editing. This is live pirate radio from the bottom of the sea. 2021 was a year of music. So much music. I had uh, lots of time. Retirement plus pandemic equals time. And a lot of it I spent listening to music. Back in 2004, I started a playlist in my iTunes that featured whatever I was listening to at the moment. I'd start listening to a particular song, I'd put it at the top of the list, and then move things down that I wasn't playing a lot anymore. So by the end of the year, as it turned out, with a little rearranging to adjust for you know, recency bias and so on, I had myself a Hot 100 for the year. Just like CKXL, just like Ched, just like CKLG, just like, you know, all those radio stations. I wanted to do a end-of-the-year Hot 100 countdown, but I've never actually gotten around to that. Okay, a similarly list-obsessed buddy who shall remain nameless, but whose initials are Peter Norman, picked up the idea, and we started sharing Hot 100 lists as we had done with movies for about a decade before that, and swapping annual CDs with highlights from our respective lists. I'm not the only nutcase around. Now, I haven't sorted out my 2021 Hot 100 countdown yet. December got kind of busy, and in January I got kind of comatose, as I was saying. But there are a record number of candidates. Get it? Record number? Uh-huh. The playlist on my iTunes, plus several playlists on my cell phone, and they all need to get pulled together with the set list from the Ghostlight podcast. Uh, yeah, a lot of tunes to sort through. A lot of music. A lot of great music. But that recording of Touch the Hem is surely in the top ten, as is that one I just played, and this one, that I first heard on Tough City Radio out of Tofino, British Columbia. You've heard of relaxed swing? This is surely the last word on the subject. If the tempo was any more relaxed, it would stop dead in its tracks. And if it swung any more, we'd be too dizzy to stand up. Thank you. 
did I say about relaxed swing? From Count Basie and his orchestra, that was Lil Darlin. You know, the Count is truly jazz royalty, just like Nat King Cole or the Duke, Duke Ellington, who once replied thusly to a reporter who asked him about his people. Let's see, my people... Which of my people? I'm in several groups. I'm in the group of the piano players. I'm in the group of the listeners. I'm in the group of people who have a general appreciation of music. I'm in the group of those who aspire to be dilettantes. I'm in the group of what? Oh, yeah, those who appreciate Beaujolais. <laughs> I'm in the group of those who aspire to be dilettantes. Words that became my watchwords as I approached the end of my clock-punching era. What are you going to do when you retire? Like Duke Ellington, I aspire to be a dilettante, a dabbler, an amateur. I didn't retire. I ran off to join the circus. Dilettante, that's... French, don't you know? As are words like flaneur and raconteur. C'est moi, a free man in Paris. future to decide You know I go back there tomorrow But for the work I've taken on Stoking the star maker machinery Behind the popular song Joni Mitchell, all this Canadian content without even meaning to. Just trying to keep the CRTC off our backs. I'm sure they are ever vigilant. I've only got one book that is Ronnie certified for 2021. 
A Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Tolls, T-O-W-L-E-S. In June of 1922, Count Alexander Ilyich Rostov is called before the Emergency Committee of the People's Commissariat for Internal Affairs. Prosecutor Vyshinsky opens the questioning. Thusly. State your name. Count Alexander Ilyich Rostov, recipient of the Order of St. Andrew, member of the Jockey Club, Master of the Hunt. You may have your titles. They are of no use to anyone else. But for the record, are you not Alexander Rostov, born in St. Petersburg, 24th October, 1889? I am he. Before we begin, I must say I do not think I have ever seen a jacket festooned with so many buttons. Thank you. It was not meant as a compliment. In that case, I demand satisfaction on the field of honor laughter. Silence in the gallery. What is your current address? Suite 317 at the Hotel Metropole, Moscow. How long have you lived there? I have been in residence since the 5th of September 1918, just under four years. And your occupation? It is not the business of gentlemen to have occupations. Very well, then. How do you spend your time? Dining? Discussing? Reading? Reflecting? The usual rigmarole? And you write poetry. I have been known to fence with a quill. Are you the author of this long poem of 1913, Where Is It Now? It has been attributed to me. Why did you write the poem? It demanded to be written. I simply happened to be sitting at the particular desk on the particular morning when it chose to make its demands. And where was that exactly? In the south parlor at idle hour. Idle hour. The Rostov estate in Nizhki Novgorod. Ah, oh, yes, of course. How apt. But let us return our attention to your poem coming as it did in the more subdued years after the failed revolt of 1905, many considered it a call to action. Would you agree with that assessment? All poetry is a call to action. And it was in the spring of the following year that you left Russia for Paris. I seem to remember blossoms on the apple trees. So, yes, in all likelihood it was spring. May 16 to be precise. Now, we understand the reasons for your self-imposed exile, and we even have some sympathy with the actions that prompted your flight. What concerns us here is your return in 1918. One wonders if you came back with the intention of taking up arms, and if so, whether for or against the revolution. Well, by that point, I'm afraid that my days of taking up arms were behind me. Why then did you come back? I missed the climate. Laughter. Count Rostov, you do not seem to appreciate the gravity of your position, nor do you show the respect that is due to the men convened before you. The Tsarina had the same complaints about me in her day. I have no doubt, Count Rostov, that many in the gallery are surprised to find you so charming. But I, for one, am not surprised in the least. History has shown charm to be the final ambition of the leisure class. What I do find surprising is that the author of the poem in question could have become a man so obviously without purpose. Oh, I have lived under the impression that a man's purpose is known only to God. Indeed, how convenient that must have been for you. The committee recesses for twelve minutes. Alexander Ilyich Rostov, taking into full account your own testimony, we can only assume that it, the clear-eyed spirit who wrote the poem, Where Is It Now?, has succumbed irrevocably to the corruptions of his class and now poses a threat to the very ideals he once espoused. On that basis, our inclination would be to have you taken from this chamber and put against the wall. 
But there are those within the senior ranks of the party who count you among the heroes of the pre-revolutionary cause. Thus, it is the opinion of this committee that you should be returned to that hotel of which you are so fond. But make no mistake. Should you ever set foot outside the Metropole again, you will be shot. Next matter. And thus begins the story of a man of the world who is confined to the infinitely smaller world of the Metropole Hotel in the heart of Stalin's Moscow. A luxury hotel, to be sure, but its luxuries are stripped away just as the Count is removed from his luxurious suite of rooms overlooking the Bolshoi Theater and exiled to a bare, closet-sized attic room once reserved for the lesser servants of traveling aristocrats. What does a man become? Stripped of most of his privilege and freedom. In this case, what does a good man and a kind man become? A lover of life when there's much less life to be had when his social circle is reduced to cooks and seamstresses, pigeon keepers, bartenders, the occasional actress, or child, or party functionary. A gentleman in Moscow, formerly of Paris. Not a free man at all anymore. And yet, as a lifetime friend remarks late in the story, who would have imagined when you were sentenced to life in the Metropole all those years ago that you had just become the luckiest man in all of Russia? His closest friendship is with Nina, nine years old when they meet, and similarly cribbed, cabined, and confined to the hotel. The daughter of movers and shakers who are engaged in activities other than caring for their precocious daughter which suits the free-spirited girl just fine. You can see why I love this book. <laughs> a book for someone who finds himself at last a member of the leisure class to which he has aspired for years. But a book for a pandemic, when we unexpectedly find ourselves confined to quarters and must find ways to carry on a book about a friendship across generations. See Christmas Oranges and Christmas Eve above. Okay, one more free sample. Then you're going to have to get your own copy. So, said the Count, are you looking forward to your visit home? Yes, it will be nice to see everyone, said Nina. But when we return to Moscow in January, I shall be starting school. You don't seem very excited by the prospect. I fear it will be dreadfully dull, she admitted, and positively overrun with children. The Count nodded gravely. To acknowledge the indisputable likelihood of children in the schoolhouse, then as he dipped his own spoon into the scoop of strawberry... He noted that he had enjoyed school very much. Everybody tells me that. I loved reading the Odyssey and the Aeneid. I made some of the finest friends of my life. Yes, yes, she said with a roll of her eyes. Everybody tells me that, too. Well, sometimes everybody tells you something because it is true. Sometimes, Nina clarified, everybody tells you something because they are everybody. But why should one listen to everybody? Did everybody write the Odyssey? Did everybody write the Aeneid? She shook her head, then concluded definitively, the only difference between everybody and nobody is all the shoes. Are you looking forward to your visit home? I said I go before us 
show the way back home There a light up ahead I can't hold on very long Forgive me pretty baby But I always take the long way home Money's just something you throw Off the back of a train Got a head for a lightning Hat for a ring And I know that I'd stay Never do it again I love you pretty baby But I always take the long way home I put food on the table And a roof over Your back, your tape. Your love's the only thing I've ever known. One thing for sure, pretty baby, I always take the long way by Tom Waits, who has more songs on the 2021 Hot 100 than any other artist. Though not without serious challenges from Scary Pockets, Frank Sinatra, and Pomplamoose. Also French, don't you know? Dilettante, Flaneur, Grapefruit, we got it all here on Soul Food Ghostlight, Canada's only officially bilingual pirate radio station. Tom Waits, who offers this advice for living. Don't plant your bad days. They grow into weeks. The weeks grow into months. Before you know it, you got yourself a bad year. Take it from me. Choke those little bad days. Choke them down to nothing. Here comes Bob Martin, the wedding waiters, and sing down.
Simmer Down, Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, Bunny Livingston, and the Wailing Wailers. That is Ska from Bob Marley before he became Mr. Reggae. And I'll tell you, what you want to do, sorry to keep sending you over to the YouTubes, but you want to do a Google search there for Simmer Down hyphen Bob Marley ampersand the Wailing Wailers. And you're going to find some black and white video of a Jamaica dance party. And if that ain't enough to uproot those bad days, throw them on the compost heap and make something productive out of them. Ain't nothing going to do it. Well, I had a lot more planned for our so long 2021 edition of the show putting that year in the rearview mirror digging out the pearls from so much oyster not that there's anything wrong with oysters come to think of it if you acquire a taste but i think we'll leave it there for tonight maybe we'll have part two of the first annual ronnie's gala extravaganza or maybe we won't get around to it That's just how it is when you're an aspiring dilettante. Sometimes you just don't have the time. And sometimes you just don't bother. But all this uh, talk about Frenchness has me thinking we really should go out with a tune from Pomplamousse, which is Francais pour grapefruit. Here it is from Pomplamousse and one of their... Songs en français. Je me suis fait tout petit. Take it away. Je me suis fait tout petit 